0: Uh, we could probably email that to you. We're working on that. So please take advantage of participating remotely. Uh, Let's do that together as a church. And lastly, thank you to all of those who participated in our 24 hours of prayer. I look forward to 24 hours of prayer every year because it, for me personally, it's such a rich time to hear and pray with other people and to hear their hearts and their convictions for the church and to pray for other people who are in need. Just to me, it's something different when you're praying with others than when I pray by myself. So I just wanna thank you, church, for participating in that, and I look forward to the next one already the following year. Well, the title of this sermon is The Gospel Community on Mission. And so today we will see what a gospel community on mission looks like and what what a gospel community does. I believe that this is important for the life of a Christian because every believer needs to grow in their faith and their maturity in Christ. And evangelical Christians seek and find healthy healthy local churches to plug into. So our text this morning will help us to see what a local, a healthy local church looks like. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning that we can gather and worship you and sing to you and be reminded of your grace and mercy and the salvation that we have received. Father, we also thank you that we can worship you in our giving because our giving reminds us that all that we have has come from your loving hands. And Lord, be glorified now and illumine our hearts and minds to your word as we worship you in the preaching of your word. Father, I pray that you would encourage the church, that you would spur us on to be the church that you have called us to do. So I ask now that you would bless the preaching of your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, the crowd on Super Bowl Sunday cheered, Go Bucks!" And to the Chiefs fans, and to the New England Patriot fans, my condolences to you. Jeffrey, I'm so sorry. Mace, I'm so sorry. Um, Brady brought the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady became the oldest quarterback To win seven Super Bowl titles. That's a big deal. If you've ever considered football itself, I don't know if you know how difficult it is to score a touchdown at the NFL level, much less win seven Super Bowl titles. Tom Brady has been in the NFL for 21 years. And if you know anything about football, it is a high-impact, high-collision sport. And you can get hurt and end your career in any instant, in any moment, in any one given play. So for Tom, he has lasted 21 years, which is totally amazing. His ability to win Super Bowls, it's not the only thing that caught the press's attention. His workout regimen and his strict diet plan also caught, I would say, an equal amount of attention with the press. So how does the goat stay so healthy physically and mentally sharp? Some attribute that to his regimented workout and to his regimented diet, Tom Tom's diet consists of 80% plant-based and 20% lean meat. He works out daily, and before he works out, he drinks a smoothie, which is a a high-calorie, high-protein, high-fat smoothie. And then after workouts, he would drink the same type of smoothie, smoothie, and in between meals, he would eat nuts and seeds. Altogether, Tom believes that his regimented workouts and his disciplined diet are what keeps him physically healthy and mentally sharp. Well, this morning we get to examine holy scriptures to see what a healthy local church does. We get to examine scripture to see what a gospel community on mission looks like. Here's here's the, the main burden of this sermon. The gospel community, and I'll explain to you where I'm getting that in a few minutes, is committed, this is the regimented practices, if you will, to faithfulness in God's word, to the teachings of the apostle. They're committed to fellowship, breaking bread, prayer, worship, care for one another, and evangelism. Therefore, church, Trinity, We are to devote ourselves in these things so that we may grow as a body of believers. That's what the early church did. The early church had a regimented practice, if you will, and an eating plan for a community. One Bible commentator said this, that the same practices should be considered normative for the church today. And that is what the early church did. That is what a healthy local church does. That is what I call a gospel community on mission. I call them a gospel community on mission because this church was formed because of the gospel. Because Peter preached the gospel, many were cut to the heart. And about 3,000 people were saved and were added to that church. It's not only that the gospel brought this church to life or put it together. It's also their mission. Their mission is to proclaim the gospel. Let's look at this gospel community on mission. First, the gospel community on mission is committed to God's word. Would you look with me again? Verse 42. And they, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Last week, we heard from Tim that the first group of disciples were about 120, grew quickly to over 3,000, and therefore this church was born. Luke attributes this exponential growth to Peter's preaching of the gospel. Peter Peter preached, as we heard last week from Tim, that Peter preached the warning of judgment, right? You you heard that and saw that in the text. Peter preached Christ crucified and the forgiveness of sins, and the result, many were cut to the heart, and about 3,000 souls were added to the church. Simply put, God builds His church by the faithful preaching of His word.. Amen. Brian Chapel, who, who is the president and professor uh, at Covenant Theological Seminary. He, he teaches practical theology, once asked this old, very large church, well-established church the question. Why are you here? Why, why are you here? This large group of people, why are you here? He says, over 90% of this large congregation that is well established said this, because they preach the Bible here. Well, in our text this morning, we see that the early church devoted themselves to the teaching of the Apostles. Luke shows us a picture of the gospel community, and for us today, that's the healthy local church. And what do we find this early church doing? They were devoting themselves to the preaching of God's word. We see in chapter 2, we got a glance of the first ever sermon preached after the day of Pentecost. As Tim alluded to last week, it was Bible-centered and it was Christ centered. The apostles taught out of the Old Testament and likely included Jesus' earthly teaching and probably included all that he taught his disciples in his 40 days of resurrection appearances. We see, if you look at chapter 3, after Peter healed the beggar, the people were astounded, so he addressed them. And what did Peter tell them? What did he do? He proclaimed the gospel. He shared the gospel with them. He preached Christ crucified and his resurrection, chapter 3, verse 15. He preached that Jesus was the fulfillment of what the prophets foretold, that the Christ must suffer Chapter 3, verse 18. He preached repentance and forgiveness of sin. And you know what else he preached, their church? He also preached that one day Jesus will return and establish his kingdom on this earth and he will restore all things. Chapter 3, verse 21. That must have given this early church hope when persecution began. Trinity, the promise of Christ's second coming is what gives us hope in this broken down world of ours. This is why you must demand that your pastors preach the word of God. You see, it's really not about the pastor's style, though it can help. It's more about the content of the sermon. It's not about how your pastors look. It's about the message that he preaches, the message of the cross. Do you know how this gospel community or a healthy local church distinguishes itself from the world, from the secular world? Here's how. It's by the message it preaches. The local church preaches the message of the cross. The secular world preaches the foolishness of wisdom of the world. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 1.18, that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Right. I was one, once asked by a group of people, how would you build the local church? And I simply replied to them by the faithful preaching of God's word. Church, do you believe that? I really believe that. I believe that for our church over 10 years ago when we were going through major changes. It is the faithful preaching of God's word that the Lord added to our numbers even during last year during the pandemic season, which we're still in when attendance dropped in other local churches because they had to shut down, God added more people to our church. Why? Because I believe that we kept preaching God's word. I believe that's why most of you are here. The faithful preaching of God's word is the pastor's responsibility. Church, what is your part? What is your part? What is our part? Where our part under the, the faithful preaching of God's word is to humbly submit and obey God's word when it is faithfully taught. And that's what we'll see next here with the early church's humility that expressed through fellowship. Look with me at verse 42 again. And they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Luke gives us a picture of what the early church in Jerusalem looked like as they lived in their daily lives. The word fellowship often shows up in the New Testament. It's the word koinonia in the original language, and it's used in different ways. In this context, though, it's used to mean participating together toward a common goal. It means to hold all things together or to participate in sharing. It means much more than just getting together. Right. It, it meant for them that they shared their material things with those in need. Listen, in, in, in chapter, chapter 1, last week's sermon after pre- Peter preached and, the, and the, the people in Jerusalem heard the mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of God, they, in return, shared gladly with one another. They were awestruck by all the signs and wonders that the apostles were doing. And they were transformed by the gospel. They weren't sharing uh, with one another so that they can receive this mercy and grace and forgiveness. No, they were sharing with one another because it was the natural outflow of the gift of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. This gospel community, this early church, held their possessions lightly with a loose grip and they were ready to use their possessions to help whomever and whenever there was a need. Church, today we are living in a culture that is going through the test of prosperity, aren't we? All of our problems are first world problems, aren't they? So how should we fight Prosperity or materialism. How do we fight against trying to hoard everything for ourselves instead of openly sharing with those in need? I believe the answer is simple. It's, it's to pray. Church, let's pray that God would help us to use our material possessions as a leverage for the gospel. Now some might say that this sharing that we see here in Acts 2:42 through 47 was was the same or is the same as modern communism. No, this giving and this sharing was anything but communism because the giving and the sharing were voluntary. You see if you continue to read the book of Acts You can see that the people retain possessions of their homes and property. We see this in chapter 4, verse 37, in chapter 12, verse 12, and in chapter 17, verse 5. See, I believe a better picture that we're supposed to see of this gospel community is that they view themselves as one big family. And healthy families take care of one another. No, what we see here is gospel-motivated generosity. Can you imagine being part of a gospel community where everyone who believed were of one heart and one soul? Chapter 4, verse 32. Can you imagine being part of a healthy local church where great grace was upon them all and there was not a needy person among them? Church, I believe that God's great grace has fallen upon us. And that is why some of you are so eager to give generously, consistently, and faithfully. Thank you. Thank you. The, this gospel community expressed itself with open hands and with open hearts. And later on, we'll see that they expressed themselves in humility with open homes Church, this is what happens when lives are transformed by the power of the gospel. Think about this. The gospel is not only the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. The gospel is also the power of God for sanctification. The gospel is the source of power so that we can do all the one another's in the New Testament. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And so why in humility should we count others more significant than ourselves? Because Jesus did it for us first. He set an example for us When he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself, making himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 34, a commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another church the only reason that we can love one another is because he first loved us 1st john 4:19 bible says in galatians chapter 5 verse 13 serve one another through love church we can serve one another through love because jesus set an example for us when he came to this earth not to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom yes. for you and for me. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Oh, Trinity, do you realize what a privilege it is to be able to meet together without any threat of death. Do you realize what a privilege it is to gather here this morning and not have to worry about the government being who they are and shutting us down and not having to worry about being killed because we choose to follow Christ? Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this in his book, Life, Life Together. He says, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live together in community with Christian brothers and sisters. Now, maybe that didn't really mean anything to you, because we're living in the test of prosperity, right? Right? But we need to put ourselves back in his time, in his culture. So, who was Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor, theologian, and an anti Nazi dissident. He spoke against Hitler's prosecution, persecution, and the killing of the Jews. And because he spoke out vocally and loudly, he was accused of being part of a plot to assassinate Hitler. He was given a short trial. And immediately after that, he was hung at a young age of 39. It is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brothers and sisters. When the early church gathered together, they also broke bread. The breaking of bread is probably a reference to communal meals together, like what the church in Corinthians did, or Corinth, yeah, Corinth did, followed by the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper or communion was an integral part of their lives together because it caused the church to look back to the cross to remember the forgiveness and grace and mercy found at the cross. The Lord's Supper and communion was important to this early church because it caused them to look inwardly to the conditions of their heart and gave them the opportunity to repent where needed. It caused them to look forward to Christ's second coming to give them hope in the midst of persecution, and death. Church, a healthy local church, preaches Christ-centered messages, and a healthy local church lives Christ-centered lives. The gospel community is committed to the teaching of God's word, fellowship, and next. The gospel community, or a healthy local church, is committed To prayer. Look with me at verse 42 again. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The gospel community on mission, or a healthy local church on mission, devote themselves to prayer. This healthy local church, this early church, prayed at the temple. And they prayed in their homes. They, had their, they held their corporate prayer meetings at the temple. And they held small prayer meetings in their homes. For us today, we have our corporate prayer meeting starting next Sunday at 9.15. And on, on Wednesday nights, we, we hold community group meetings where we pray. We see in chapter 3, verse 1, that Peter... And John, we're going to the temple at the hour of prayer. This is three o'clock in their world in the afternoon. Trinity, the healthy local church, is committed to prayer. In fact, the reason why the apostles implemented the diaconate ministry was because they wanted to devote themselves to what? Prayer and the ministry of God's word. We see that the church got together and prayed for Peter when he was in prison in chapter 12, verse 5. We see that the church fasted and prayed before they sent the Apostle Paul and Barnabas on mission. This pattern in Acts shows us that a healthy local church on mission is a praying church. Dr. Brian Chapel again says this to his students about some evangelical Christians. He says this, a lot of the evangel- evangelical Christians like to be part of a church who prays. They like to be part of a church who holds weekly prayer meetings. They just don't like to go to them. In some evangelical Christians, they they want Christmas programs and they want their children to be part of the program. They just don't want to organize it. Now, he, he does circle back around to his students and he says, these people, they're not bad. It's just the culture and the society that we live in. These days oftentimes we have to have a dual or a double income family. We have to have dual income as a family. And because mom and dad both work, family time is very limited. To which I say, therefore, Trinity, when you're home with your family, make it count. Make it count. I like what one pastor who I believe is a very wise pastor when he said, in the morning time, spend time with God. In the afternoon time, spend time with God's people. In the evening, spend time with your family. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. So Trinity, when you're home physically, be home relationally and be home mentally. Turn off that TV. Put down that phone, that iPad, that Nintendo Switch, and make sure that you spend quality time with your family after work, before homework, and especially during supper time. Men. Engage your families in conversation. Care for the needs of your family. Husbands, care for the needs of your wives. Wives, care for the needs of your husbands. Moms and dads, care for the needs of your children. Children, love, honor, and obey your parents. And then set aside some time to do family devotions. Why do I say all these things? Here's why. So that when the church has a corporate prayer meeting. You and your family can go because you have cared for your family. You have spent quality time together and the needs of your family have been met. Amen. Amen. So young marrieds with no children, you have no parental responsibilities yet, I hope. Pray that. If that is your will to have children, that God would bless the desires of your heart. But at this season of your life, you have no parental responsibilities. I want to encourage you to devote yourselves to corporate prayer meetings on Sunday mornings and to personal prayer times. Singles, you you don't have both marital and parental responsibilities. And as one of your pastors here at Trinity, I want to implore you to devote yourselves to corporate prayer meetings on Sunday mornings. We need you. We want you to be there. MT Nesters, you are very much needed in our church. You are battle tested you are faithful to follow Christ. We need your godly influence during our corporate prayer meeting times. And I would say if you are already devoting yourself to a life of prayer, then praise God for the work that he has already done in you. Lastly, the gospel community is committed to worship and evangelism. Look with me at verses 43 and 47. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 47, and praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, what we, we you see in chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 is that Prayer was a consistent practice in the early church. Prayer was a consistent practice in this healthy local church. They were committed to worship, to worship at the temple, they were committed to worship in their homes. And because of all the references to worship in the book of Acts, we can see that the prayers of praise were a significant part of their gospel community as they lived in their lives together. We see this phrase, praising God, multiple times. We see it in chapter 2, verse 47. We see it in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. We see it in chapter 4, verse 21. In fact, in chapter 4, specifically, after the rulers and the elders and the scribes and the high priestly family tried to silence Peter and John by charging them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus, Peter and John said this, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we see, we have seen and heard. Listen to this. And because the Jerusalem leaders the temple leaders could not find a way to punish, to punish them. They let them go. But if you read this, this account closely, there was also a second reason why they let them go. It says this. It was also because for all were praising God for what had happened. It was... The the whole city, they were praising God for what had happened. You see, the way that this gospel community lived their lives, their lives created favor with the people in Jerusalem. Because of their godly behavior, the people in Jerusalem were all drawn to the Lord. It wasn't only the signs and wonders that the apostles were doing. It was their unity in spirit. It was their love and devotion to one another that made an impact for Jesus in their communities. Church, let me submit to you. A healthy local church makes an impact for Jesus in their communities. Trinity. We must live our lives in in such a way that it looks different than the world. And at the same time, we must live our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel so that we can attract the watching world and draw them towards Jesus. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It's hard to live life in godliness. It's hard to pursue purity and faithfulness. It's hard. Guess what? God knows that. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit. That's why the early church was filled with the Spirit. That's why he fills us with his Holy Spirit so that we have the will and the power to live godly lives. Church, our hope In living our lives in a manner worthy of the gospel, can only be found in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Verse 47b says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Here we see God's sovereignty over salvation. It is the Lord that adds to the church. The pastors don't add to the church. We don't have the power to save people. In fact, the most gifted, winsome pastor, the most loving and most funny pastor is not the one who adds to the church. It is the Lord. Though gifting and godly character helps, That's not what does it. It is the Lord who adds to his church. It's not the most awesome children's ministry program that that adds to the church, though it does help to have children's ministry. It is the Lord who adds to the church. It's not the style of worship and the sound that adds to the church, though I love our worship team. I love how they sound. I love that the songs that we sing is Christ-centered and gospel-centered and God-glorifying. It's not what adds to the church, though it does help. It's the Lord. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Notice that the Lord added to the church day by day. So, the Lord is sovereign over all salvation. He does it through the church, with the church. The Lord added to their number daily because the church evangelized daily. You get it? You see, evangelism for them, was not a program that they bought from crossway.org, right? I mean, I can imagine that their internet was probably turtle speed. They probably had dial-up modems. They probably had to, uh, to, to place their orders through the cup phones. And I know one thing for sure, they didn't have Amazon Prime one-day shipping. No, evangelism was their way, their lifestyle. That's how they lived. In conclusion, church, this is a great picture of a gospel community on mission. This is a clear picture of a healthy local church. The early church's zeal for God's word, love and devotion, care and evangelism, Was contagious. It was attractive to the watching world. Listen to this, church. A healthy local church attracts people to Jesus. A healthy local church grows because it is on mission and ultimately because of Jesus. So here's some closing thoughts for us to consider. As you process and ponder Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 pray about how you can grow in the areas of prayer and then pray for for all the other areas that that you need to grow in pray for our church in these specific areas listen we haven't arrived and you know that we have a long ways to go but we're trying right but we need you we want you to be devoted to the preaching of God's word for fellowship we want you to be devoted in fellowship in breaking bread caring for one another in evangelism seek humility and repentance where you have neglected the teaching of God's word where you have neglected fellowship with the church now i realize it's covid season And I'm not calling you to to a reckless abandonment. But I just want to communicate, we miss you if you're live streaming, if you're listening on the internet. We miss you. Seek to humbly repent if you've neglected the worship of God or to care for one another or to share your faith. Examine your heart. Examine your life and seek to discern the obstacles that prevent you from sharing your faith with your own family, with your neighbors, where you shop and where you work and where you do your activities at. Trinity, let's be this healthy local church because he saved us and for God's glory alone. Would you stand with me, church? Father, we thank you for giving us a clear picture of what it is to be a healthy local church. And Father, I thank you that we are striving and desiring to do, to de- be devoted in all these things. So I pray that for each and every person at Trinity, whether members or regular attenders, that you would cause us by the power of your Holy Spirit to be devoted to the preaching and teaching of your word, to fellowship, to communion, to care for one another and to share our faith, that we may bring glory to you and that the name of Jesus be lifted up above all other names. In Jesus' name, church, let's respond in song. we praise you. Praise you for your mercy and grace and your love and your forgiveness that we can stand before you, Father, a holy God, forgiven, innocent, righteous, and as children, sons and daughters, the creator of heaven and earth. Praise you, Father. through Jesus Christ. Church, here's your benediction. It comes out of Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 6. And the word of God says this. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord in Jesus Christ. Church, you are dismissed. God bless you.